0: community welcome to the huddle podcast i hope you're well today it's great to hear that we're coming out of alert level three next week so i'm so super excited to see you back at our programs um, but until then we have an afternoon tea this thursday at 2:30 p.m via zoom so make sure you keep updated on our facebook page and on our huddle newsletter to see registrations for that fun little event it's really cool to catch up with everyone so do come and join us for that And if you didn't already know, you can listen to all of the episodes from the Puddle podcast on iTunes, as well as YouTube, Facebook, and our website. So if you've missed out on an episode, get onto it. And for today's episode, we have Clinton Terry on the show. You might know him better as the Blind Grappler, but he is a world champion in wrestling and and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And these championships weren't in a para or adaptive division. This was in an able body division, which is amazing and just so impressive. So this was why I was so excited to catch up with him and share the conversation that we had with you guys on the Huddle Podcast. Um, and I just hope you enjoy the episode. So let us know what you think in the comments. All of his details are in the show notes and enjoy the show team. Cool, um, so do we just wanna start with Um, your journey. I mean, I know that you you did wrestling before you did jiu-jitsu, but kind of what led to those decisions and that timeline?
1: Uh, What led me into sport? Well, I've always been interested in sport. I've tried sport uh, pretty much every chance I've I've gotten. I've played sport at school, I mean, PE was always my favorite subject. So I've, I've always been super active. Um, I tried pretty much every sport they had on offer at school, um, including the ones that I couldn't play because they didn't adapt them for blind people. Right. Um, you know, like soccer and rugby and stuff. When I was at school, they didn't have the adaptive balls and stuff, only the cricket ball. Yeah. So you know, I tried a that. But of course, soccer and rugby isn't really great for a blind person the ball's going one way and Clinton's running in the complete opposite direction <laughs>
0: um, and so what, where did the tra- transition from wrestling to, ju- to Brazilian jiu-jitsu happen
1: uh so I ended up wrestling for 15 years uh when I started uh, people didn't think I was going to get anywhere like they were like oh you know it's so cool but he's giving it a go and I was like I'm going to be a national champ and they were like oh no a blind person's not going to be a national champ at wrestling and Uh, I stuck at it. I mean, it's quite well documented out there. People want to look out there about that part of my journey. But in 2008, yeah, 2000, no, 2007, I won my first uh, national championship um, for wrestling. And I went on to win 10 national titles and numerous international medals, uh, all competing against sighted athletes. And so at that time, a friend of mine uh, came to me and he had a girl who was, uh, going in an MMA fight and she was fighting against a good jiu-jitsu practitioner. So they didn't want her to get taken down. And he said to me, Oh, Clinton, would you be interested in, um, being a part of her camp and doing anti-grappling with her to make sure that she stays on her feet? And I was like, yeah, okay, that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And, um, uh, and so I trained with her, but as a part of that, I, I was doing the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu classes to sort of be aware of what she needed to be aware of if she got on the ground and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is absolutely fascinating. Like, this is cool. I'm, I'm the bottom of the heap again. I'm learning. Like, I'm not the one that everybody's coming to for the answers. I'm, I'm not just coaching all the time. And, and I forgot how much I enjoyed learning. So I was like, okay, um, I've got these two kids that are competing. I'll, I'll stop competing wrestling seriously and I'll just do Brazilian jiu-jitsu for fun I like testing myself against other people and I don't know how it came up but somebody was like oh you should do the world champs for wrestling uh sorry for jiu-jitsu and I was like man to be a blind person that's done world championships in two different sports against sighted people would be pretty awesome so I ended up doing that and I win and I lost my first match my first world's like in a really close match And I was like to myself, you know what, Clinton, you were never going to get a world medal in wrestling, but you could totally get a world medal in jiu-jitsu if you wanted to. You know what? It'd be really awesome. A way to round out my story would be to win a world medal. So I was like, okay, I think I can do that in jiu-jitsu. So I kept training and five years later, last year, I got bronze at the world champs. Oh,
0: wow. That's so good. What is your interpretation of, like, obviously there's, as you've expressed this wild passion with competing and winning and proving yourself and trying to see what you can do versus what you have to do to get to that competitive level. So that, as you mentioned, like the training and the process and the commitment and the hard work that goes into it, what is that kind of relationship? Do you think?
1: Well, I mean, if you want to be super good, high level, the thing is, again, when I tell people, and this is with anything, not just sport, mm. um, I, I tell people that there's a couple of things you've got to decide. First of all, do you really want it? <laughs> because it's one thing for someone to be training at, at, like in a sport or, or like at a job and I want to be a millionaire, whatever, but sports my area. So even like for a small tournament, right? There's there's a difference between it, it sounds good to get a gold. Like I, I want to get that gold medal because it sounds good. And I want to get that gold medal because I really want to get that gold medal. So the first thing is, do you really want it? Or, it, it, you know, does it just sound good that you want it? Does it just sound good in your mind? Like, yeah, I'd like to be a champion, but I don't really want it. And then the next thing I say to people is okay, the way you tell whether you really want it is what are you willing to sacrifice to get it? And in my case, it was everything except my family. Mm -hmm. So, like, I never had, for the last 20 years, I, I have never had a lot of friends. Um, because I, I never go out, like, I, my friends invite me out, like, on a Friday night, I'll oh, come out with us, concert. no, I've got to get up and train in the morning, sorry, I've got to, you know, I've got to train tonight, and then I've got to go home and rest, because I've got to get up and train, or or I've got to go to work and earn money for the tournament, or I've got to, I've got to do something tomorrow, I can't be out late, and, you know, so people like, oh, come out and drink with us, even after, like, a regional tournament, they'll go out and and they'll be like, oh, you know, let's go celebrate. I'm like, no, I, I want to be in the gym tomorrow. Yeah. They're like, oh, but you just competed and won a, won a gold medal today. Yeah, so what? The guys that are going to win gold at the Worlds, they, they're they not out drinking tonight. They're, they're going training tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going training tomorrow. Um, you know, like, if people wanted me to go to birthdays or whatever, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I, I can come, but I'm sorry, I've got to come after training. Yeah. You know, like, so... Unless it was my family, like if my family was sick or if they needed me, I'd be like, okay, I've got got to have a day off training or I've got to have whatever off training. But other than that, I would not have time off training. So. So for me, as I said, I was willing to sacrifice everything except my family for my goal. So, you know, you have to ask people, like, you know, are you willing to not go to that party tonight to get your gold medal or whatever? And to a lot of people, the answer is no. And I'm like, well, then you don't really want it. So, and and that's okay as well. Like in sport, you know, you can do sport for fun and, and I'm completely supportive of that um you know I, I coach a team now and i have people that come in and train me for all sorts of different reasons because as a coach i see myself as a facilitator right like you come into the gym and and i you know first couple of weeks i'm gonna say to you you know what why are you here what 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 made you start training jiu-jitsu and if you say to me, oh, Clinton, I, I thought it'd be fun to, it, it'd be a fun way to keep fit and I'll learn a few skills or whatever, I'll be like, oh, that's so cool. Right? And, and so I'm going to try and make it fun for you. But if you come in and you say to me, oh, Clinton, I'd like to be a national champion, I'm going to treat you completely differently because what I expect from you as a person that tells me you want to be a national champ, as opposed to someone who wants to get fit and whatever, like if someone that is just there for, you know, the fun of it and to keep fit and learn a new skill. If they message me and they're like, oh, Clinton, I won't be in today. I've got a headache. Um, I'll be like, oh, yeah, sweet. Have a night off. I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow, you know, and look after yourself but, you know, and be supportive, of course. But if you're an athlete that tells me you want to be a national champion, you message me and you say, Clinton, I'm not going to be there because I've got a headache tonight. Oh, I'll be like, you're joking, right? Go to training.
0: Yeah, like, that um, much. yeah, you're right. Like, Those actions do prove how much you genuinely want the success.
1: So, you know, and and as I said, I'm I'm completely okay. And I I completely am supportive of people that just want to do sport for fun, because I think everybody should find a sport that they love doing. Because again, like I I tell people in my gym um, and, you know, these people pay me and I'm completely honest with them. I'm like, look, if you're, especially if you're a non-competitor, and you don't leave the gym 95% of the time better than when you walked in, if you don't feel better 95% of the time when you go home tonight, man, find another gym that can give you that, because you should feel great after doing a session, especially if you're, for athletes, that drops a little bit, because you're going to have to go through some misery if you want to do really well. But even then, as an athlete, you've got to have some love for it, right? Like if you really hate it, you're not going to do it. So even then you should leave the gym 85, 90% of the time feeling better than when you came in. Um, so you, you, know, you, you have to love it as well. If you, if you want to be uh, really good.
0: <laughs> what is um, your kind of relationship with your coach? Is it Pedro? Is he still coaching you or did uh, he? Yes.
1: So I, I have three coaches. Uh, Pedro's the head of our gym, so uh, I do a lot of work with him. Uh, and he's an awesome head of the gym. I, I don't know whether it's because I was already established. I actually don't think it is. But I, I've never had anyone at my gym say, you're not going to be able to do that because you're blind. Like, when I said to Pedro, oh, I'm going to win a national champion in jiu-jitsu, was like, yeah, of course you are. When I said to them, uh, "I'm going to win a uh, world medal," it's like, "I believe you can do it." You know, like there's never ever been any, "Oh no, you're blind. Oh, you shouldn't think like." Like you know, when when I talk like that with wrestling, and I told them I wanted to be a national champ and I wanted to go internationally, I had so much negativity. It it was really sad. But um, you know, like
0: negativity like that,
1: like in
0: the Jitsu world, or was did it just come from the wrestling world? Do you think?
1: Uh, well. The thing is, though, it's unfair to compare that, really, because when I started wrestling, I, when I started wrestling, I was not an athlete. I was 62 kilo. I could not bench press an Olympic bar, never mind the weights. I couldn't bench press the bar. Like, I wasn't naturally strong. I, I'm not a natural athlete. All I am is stubborn. Like, I, I've gotten everything I am because I'm stubborn, and, and I don't quit. Like, I... I I was always first on the mat, last off the mat. Like, people would be there, like, warming up or, you know, not really doing anything. And I'd be like, hey, can you come and let me drill with you? Come on, come on, get on the mat, drill with me, drill with me, drill with me. Like, I'd always be doing more than everybody else. And it's just stubbornness because I wanted to achieve. So, you know, those guys saw someone who, I mean, I lost my first 40 fights without getting, uh, without scoring a point. So, I wasn't good, so if that had happened in jiu-jitsu, maybe they would have done the same thing. By the time I went to jiu-jitsu, I was already a 10-time national wrestling champ, three-time Oceania champ. You know, I'd already been there and shown that I could be an international level athlete. Mm. But from what I've seen of my team in particular, and some of the teams in the U.S. who haven't um, had a blind student before. Because there are now quite a few blind students um, going into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in the U.S. And, I mean, there's uh, four of us here in New Zealand. Three of us are competing. I mean, that's mainly because of me. But but I I do think the Jiu-Jitsu world is a little bit more accepting than the wrestling world. But... um, It it is sort of unfair to compare because I, as I said, I was already established by the time I went there.
0: Yeah, I guess that like timelines kind of affected that. So we'll look to, um, we'll look to close this up, but I always kind of finish with this question of what advice would you give to yourself five years ago? So this is pre world champion um, and everything. So if you were going to talk to yourself five years ago, what would that kind of conversation go
1: like? Uh, Probably, Clinton, you train too much, you need to slow down a little bit, because rest is actually good for you, Uh, overtraining is actually a real thing, and it is actually really bad for you, Uh, you know, look look after your injuries and stuff a bit more, because um, in a couple of years, you're not going to recover quite as fast as you are now, so. Um,
0: Is that a problem that you think you ran into quite a lot?
1: over uh, overtraining for sure, yes, because, um, you know, I hate being that guy that misses training. Um, <laughs> if I miss training, I feel really bad, so uh, I- I'm always having, like, sometimes Andrea will, she'll see in the morning that I'm just absolutely dead, and she'll get up, and she's like, you're not allowed to go to training today, and I'll be like, what do you mean? She's like, I forbid it.
0: It's so hard to kind of <laughs> deal with, but you're right. it is so necessary that you look after your body and recover properly to be able to get the best training you can, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So I, I would I would say you know yes, training and stuff and that is important, but you know really look after your recovery and stuff as well because you know you think like people when they when they really driven they think oh the recovery isn't as important and it is completely as important because uh, you know you just end up start. You over push your training and then you're training suboptimally right like you're you're not even actually it's better to have um, a couple of sessions off a week and actually be able to train to your best ability for every other session than squeeze those extra two or three sessions in a week and then every session of the week you're only training at eighty percent or seventy five percent because you're you're squeezing too much in.
0: Good. <laughs> I know a few faces that I'm thinking of that needs to hear that. So I'll definitely be sending this one straight to them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All
0: right. Well, we'll look to close that there. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with me um, today. It was really good to get to know you and get to know you. Like was there any last quick kind of message you want to send out to our listeners?
1: Um, Just uh, if, anybody out there in the martial arts world wants to check me out or or anybody in general, just, um, you know, follow my Instagram at blind grappler. I put a lot of stuff up there. Also, if you are a sports person and, um, you know, you want someone to reach out to and just to chat to, if you're going through some of those things where, you know, people don't believe you or whatever, uh, that you can achieve big things, reach out to me, send me a message. I'm always happy to talk. I believe anybody can achieve huge things and I love to support that and um, if anybody wants to try brazilian jiu-jitsu again reach out to me because um you know i know a lot of people with different disabilities like i've got a friend in brazil that does it he's only got one leg i've met another guy who um he he only had one hand so um there are there are a lot of people with disabilities all over the world doing brazilian jiu-jitsu we can make it work for pretty much anyone and um you know if you're interested reach out and um yeah keep doing what you're all doing, train hard and you know, dream big and aim high as I say to everybody
0: yeah absolutely so i will put all of your social media details into the show notes so you guys can check out the descriptions if you'd like to get in contact with with clinton to hear more um but other than that thank you again for so much for coming on um enjoy the rest of your level three (laughs) and hopefully we'll be back in the gym pretty quick um but other than that guys see you next week